right, welcome to another episode of White Collar Crimes. I'm your host, Ryan Horn, the podcast where we show you the only color that truly matters in the criminal justice system is green. I hope you enjoyed your Easter, had a nice break. You know, we didn't have a podcast last week, had a busy weekend prior to the usual Tuesday night airing, uh, celebrated my 12-year marriage anniversary, and uh, got to appear in a movie in St. Louis. My agent got me a role as basically a zombie businessman in the soon-to-be independent horror film Eat Cute Zombie, filmed in St. Louis over the weekend. So uh, when that comes out, hopefully pass that along to you and hope you get a chance to check that out. You know, we've talked a lot about Leap legal corruption and we'll have a little bit more on that tonight we certainly have a very colorful interesting character that we will discuss on tonight's or today depending on when you hear this episode and mr michael avenatti you might remember also referred to as the creepy porn lawyer and more on that later uh kind of burst on the scene was a political rock star here for a little while but uh As we often see in these types of cases, his greed and lust for the almighty dollar and pride and, you know, uh, self-confidence, over-self-confidence, you know, brought him down. And he was, he became really popular a couple years ago during the, uh, prior to the presidential campaign of 2020, and regardless of your politics, I think we'll all be able to agree this guy is, you know, a snake and deserves to be behind bars. But he was kind of a celebrity attorney even before he really burst onto the national scene. And, you know, his future seemed bright. There was a speculated speculated presidential run for him, possibly in 2020. He was, Michael Avenetti was born in California. He grew up in Colorado and also Utah. His father was a manager for Anheuser-Busch, so they moved to Chesterfield, Missouri. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar, Anheuser-Busch is the big beer company, beer brewing company, and they are headquartered in St. Louis, Missouri. Chesterfield is a very nice kind of upscale suburb of that area, and they do employ a lot of people. You know, for a long time, Anheuser-Busch owned the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, the baseball team in St. Louis you know, which I've grown up a fan and fourth generation fan of, so go Cardinals. But uh, his father was a manager for Anheuser-Busch, so they moved to Chesterfield for his job. So he had a pretty decent upbringing. You know, there's nothing about him that we found that he was raised in any kind of poverty or anything that was, uh, you know, a terribly rough upbringing for him or anything like that. But So he eventually graduates uh, top of his class in college, and top his class in George Washington University Law School in George Wash- in uh, Washington D.C. You know, very prominent law school. And he was pretty good at making political connections in his career. He began to do work, uh, as he said, kind of kept his bread buttered on both sides. He did work for Republicans and Democrats early on in his career. And in 2007, he uh, branches out on his own and he forms the law firm. Egan Avenetti, and they branched out into offices in Los Angeles and San Francisco. And by that time, he had made a name for himself, as I said, handling some fairly high-profile cases for celebrities, and he kind of became known 
as a celebrity attorney and supposedly even appeared on some episodes of 60 Minutes, you know, the Sunday night show on CBS, the news show. I'm guessing that's still on. I, you know, haven't seen that show in years, but I'm guessing it's still on. Been was a, certainly a popular show for a lot of years. Uh, but in 2017, as quickly as he rose on the scene, and this is around the time he would kind of start to rise on the scene, but around this time he also began to have some troubles. Some things began to kind of unravel for him, and he was sued by a man named Gerald Tobin, and this is for failing to pay over $28,000 in private investigative work. Now, he headed very big law firms and was a very wealthy guy, so $28,000 was not really a lot of money, so one would think he probably should have been able to easily afford to pay that, but the problem with this was it was later revealed that not only did he not pay this guy, but Mr. Tobin was a convicted criminal and not even a licensed private investigator. So he paid him to do work that this guy was not licensed to do. So, and the next year in 2018, uh, he began to make headlines. He filed a suit against then President Trump on behalf of adult film star Stormy Daniels. I'm sure you remember that. In fact, the saga from that is still going on now. I think recently I saw the court ruled that Miss Daniels has to pay Mr. Trump's uh, legal fees from all of that, but it's still going on now after all these years, some of the saga and the drama from that. More on that here in a little bit. But uh, this was over a payment that they claimed was made a non-disclosure agreement that then private citizen Trump had made with Miss Daniels over you know, whatever, some alleged sexual contact or something to that effect. But he got into a feud then around this time on being on Fox News talking about this case with Fox News host Tucker Carlson, who uh, humorously dubbed him the creepy porn lawyer, and it stuck. That's kind of what he's known as most of the time now. If you, you know, of course, it's probably died down a little bit since he's not been in the headlines of late because, as we'll see in a little bit, he's you know, got incarceration and other things to worry about, but it kind of stuck, and he kind of became known as the creepy porn lawyer, even though uh, he uh, was watching uh, or just handling that one case for a porn star, as we know, Stormy Daniels. I'm not aware if he was handling any cases for anyone else in the adult film industry, but he got a lot of press, you know, um, and he continued to gain the spotlight on politically involved issues and it was no different when he uh, represented it was one of the representatives for the the lady that we remember uh, Christine Blasey Ford I believe is the correct way to pronounce her name that had made sexual misconduct allegations against the then Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh now That was just a few years ago, and I'm sure most of you listening remember what a circus that was. I know I certainly do. And, uh, you know, again, regardless of your politics, we can all agree that was a circus, as Supreme Court nominations usually are, and that was certainly no different in that case. But uh, he got a lot of headlines, you know, with her bringing forward all these, you know, pretty... uh, 
pretty outrageous allegations, really, and uh, it certainly brought a circus atmosphere to what was already kind of a circus atmosphere, but he also began to appear with actress and slash activist Alyssa Milano at this time, which a lot of you, you know, my age, because she's around my age, and, you know, a lot of us remember her from Who's the Boss. Now she, you know, like a lot of actors do, and they get older and maybe the roles start to dry up a little bit more, they become an activist. So she, uh, that's what she did. And, uh, and still doing, I'm sure. But he became such a star handling Stormy Daniels and uh, Ford and, you know, being seen a lot with Melissa Milano. This got him a lot of popular press. And, you know, like I said, again, he became sort of a celebrity uh, attorney, so to speak, and he, you know, he was already known for defending and handling cases for a lot of celebrities, so that's kind of what, you know, he already had the reputation for, but they began to, uh, even as I said a little bit ago, speculate that he should run for president, and he did announce around this time, you know, around the time of uh, the Kavanaugh hearings and whatnot, 2018 we're talking about here, that he was interested in running for president. And he went so far as to actually start having some fundraising efforts and, you know, even doing a little advertising. Supposedly the Wall Street Journal and some of the newspapers actually, you know, listed him as a actually halfway serious, credible candidate. You know, anytime it's a presidential year as this was, you're going to have a lot of, you know, candidates throw their hat in the ring. And... There were quite a few at this point, so he was just one of many, but he was considered at least serious. You know, you've always, you know, not every candidate throws their hat in the ring is serious or even has any kind of a chance at all. You know, usually, you know, after Iowa and New Hampshire, the early primaries, it eliminates a lot of them pretty quickly because if they can't raise, you know, if they can't score high enough up, no donor is going to waste their money donating to their campaign. And if they can't bring in the money, they're not going to be able to help pay for staff. And, you know, volunteers are not going to come in to help volunteer for a staff that, uh, you know, for a race that has no chance of winning. But it quickly came to a halt as fast as he came onto the scene uh, in December of 2018 when he announced suddenly and abruptly he would not be running. Now, this was brought in part from his November 2018 arrest for domestic violence against a girlfriend. Now, he denied these charges, even going so far as having a couple of his ex-wives, I believe he was married twice before, and had them come forward and say that he had no issues with violence and never brought them any type of violent behavior or, or anything on toward them. And a few months later, though, these things began to unravel a little bit more for them. And especially when he was arrested for extortion, for alleging to attempt to extort $25 million from Nike, which, that's a lot of money, you know. I mean, even I'm sure for a large corporation like Nike, $25 million, that's that's a lot of money for somebody to try to extort from you. And these charges that were brought against him alleged that in his supposed extortion, he had threatened to expose Nike for improper payments made to families of high school basketball players. 
Now, he was arrested within minutes of supposedly announcing that he was going to have a press conference to expose Nike. Now, you know, I don't really know how to take this. I, I'm not a big fan of Nike. Uh, I, I think their shoes suck, just to be honest with you. I, I, don't, I had some when I was a kid, didn't like them. I thought they were heavy, clunky, just didn't like them. Um, I don't like a lot of their business practices that they do and, uh, you know, some of the political radicalism they've gotten to be involved in. So I'm not a big fan of Nike, but, you know, I don't know really who would believe in this case because you have neither one that of these parties in this are really highly credible in my opinion. And, you know, again, we have a sleazy, as he's known, creepy porn lawyer versus a company that's known to uh, engage in some uh, questionable business practices sometimes with, you know, overseas cheap labor and things like that. And, you know, to be fair, Nike's certainly not the only one that engages in anything like that. There's certainly a lot more corporations that engage in those practices. So, but, uh, you know, I'm just overall not a fan of Nike. I don't like their shoes. I don't think they're comfortable. And, you know, I prefer New Balance and, you know, some of the others that are out there. But uh, at this time, he was also charged with wire fraud and bank fraud and was alleged to have defrauded a Mississippi bank out of more than $4 million that he had taken out in loans. And as they say on the radio, the hits keep on coming. And they did for him, and dozens of charges kept rolling in, usually, or pretty much all, concerning him defrauding clients. Uh, some alleged that he had embezzled from clients, some of which he embezzled, they allege he used to purchase a $5 million private jet, which I remember that on the news, more on that later, or shortly here in a little bit. And former client, adult film star Stormy Daniels, you know, whom he represented, and it helped him earn the nickname the Creepy Porn Lawyer, uh, she had him charged for stealing money from her negotiated book deal. Uh... So, you know, here he was stealing from a client, you know, not a very reputable one at that, obviously, but nonetheless, he did, uh, he did supposedly, uh, allegedly in here steal money from her too. Now he was living a very lavish lifestyle, uh, as a lot of these white collar criminals do, you know, we see many, many times they are, you know, oftentimes we find out that, you know, the money that they're supposed to be use, taking in to honestly represent clients or provide a product or service, they're using it, but you know, and gaining it in deceitful ways and living high on the hog, so to speak. So it's, uh, it'll be an interesting, uh, case to see what happens with him because with this piling up so quickly, he was eventually disbarred here in California, which is bad because, you know, California is pretty, you know, pretty radical as far as their politics and things like that go, I think. So if it was bad enough, you know, for him to get disbarred there, that's pretty bad. And he was found guilty of trying to extort Nike and was sentenced to 30 months in prison on July 8th, 2021, just this last year. And he was also found guilty of trying to defraud Miss Daniels, and he is expected to be in court and sentenced next month, May here of 2022, and supposedly is in U.S. Marshals custody as we speak. Now, like I said a little bit ago, he owned uh, luxury watches, or 
what it's been reported he owned luxury watches luxury cars you know fancy sport cars you know private jet uh very expensive luxury art you know mansions homes everywhere you know multi multi-millionaire but uh it was fraudulently and unlawfully gained and you know it's really sad in a way because from what we could tell he had the personality charisma you know ability to be a good attorney and and make that probably this kind of money legitimately had he chosen to but greed and arrogance i think are the two things we can say that brought him down you know his greed for that almighty dollar which that's the you know the driving force behind all of these guys over and over again but uh you know nonetheless it's still uh you know it's still what brings a lot of them down now like i said we don't know what's going to happen next month we'll probably do a follow-up you know maybe not a whole episode but we'll certainly you know keep it on the radar here what happens to him what he's sentenced to and what kind of time he you know gets sentenced to he's you know already doing time or in custody for you know trying to extort nike so who knows you know i'm not sure how much you know he supposedly swindled from stormy daniels but uh you know it's obvious enough to get him in custody and i'm sure there'll be more come forward you know other clients because there are other charges my understanding that he is still looking at and you know his reputation will be shot, you know, when he gets out of prison, he is disbarred, you know, and, and after, you know, doing time in prison, he's not going to be able to practice law again, but, you know, with his law degree from a prominent school like George Washington Law School and, you know, his celebrity status and experience with celebrities and things like that, who knows? I mean, he's likely to probably get an HR job or a spokesman job or something. I mean, I'm sure when he gets out of prison, whenever that is, he's certainly not going to hurt for money but sadly as i always say on these episodes it's most likely too though he may start looking for his next scam and to somehow you know swindle his next victim i would not put it past this guy you know and we'll have to wait and see but you know like i said we probably will have an update on that next month when he is sentenced in court well coming up we got a coming up next week we We'll have an episode on Kevin Trudeau. Now, this is not that I know of any relation to the Canadian Prime Minister, but you will instantly recognize if you, you know, those of you that are probably my age and older will instantly recognize this, especially if you pull up his picture or anything. And, you know, I'll probably share some videos and things on the Facebook page. And (laughs) he was basically known as the, uh, you know, just a late night huckster pitchman that pitched all kinds of ideas and, you know, eventually uh, ended up doing some time and is still doing time in prison for various frauds and schemes. But like a lot of them, he made a whole lot of money. And that's going to be an interesting one to do. You know, and if you've got ideas that you want us to do on this show, please let me know. You can message me on our Anchor FM page where you hear a lot of you hear this at. Uh, you can donate money to us. We always will take that, you know, if you want to donate and help us continue to keep this on the air. We certainly appreciate that, but like I always say, most importantly, we appreciate you tuning in to us, and uh, if you have any ideas for the show, you can email me if you have an idea at uh, ryanhornvt at gmail.com, um, and like I was say, if you're interested in voiceover services, you can check out my website at ryan-horn.com. 
you know, and again, always be glad to have any type of ideas. You know, hopefully you'll follow us on the Facebook page. You can send me a message there if there's any idea you have for a show because, you know, we're always glad to have any kind of ideas and, you know, and then we have had that. We've had listeners from this show tune in and, uh, you know, bring ideas and have come as guests on this show. And on that note as well, you know, if you would like to be a guest on this show, please feel free to contact me at the areas I mentioned before and uh, be glad to have you on as a guest. So, well, hope you all, you know, like I said, have a good week ahead and we look forward to seeing you again next Tuesday night. You know, look out for each other. Watch out for the scammers. Hope you all stay safe and well out there. So God bless and take care, everyone. I will see you all next time.